0: a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is InvestTalk. It is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023, and I appreciate you being with me. And of course, today is tax filing deadline day. I hope you are ready. In the meantime, we can look at the market and talk about how it may impact your portfolio. That's what we do here. It should be obvious that the market dynamics are different than they were in the last couple of years. Geopolitical variables have changed. They have changed. You gotta think about that. Knowing that serious investors may face you know, different, or different reality, they still, you got to be kind of proactive with your portfolio. That doesn't mean you get out of stocks, get back in and trade. No, I'm not saying that. But you have to understand what sectors will work and what won't in a changing dynamic world that we're in. You can do it. It's not hard. It's just paying attention and apply the rules. I'm Steve Pisa. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you do that. To make the most of your decisions regarding your portfolio. And the strategy, you know, the strategy is different than individual stocks and portfolio. The strategy is what you're aiming for. And I know everybody's aiming for, oh, I want to make money. I know that. But the strategy is how you're going to do it and what methods you're going to apply. So what is your strategy to, to make that money? Some people have a strategy. I'm going to make it by dividends. I'm going to, Some people say I'm just going to save my cash and make it by, you know, savings uh, yield, whatever the be. Some people are in the stock market. Some people want reach. Some people want mutual funds. Some want individual stock. On and on and on. How are you going to do it? What's your strategy? Okay, so that's what I'm here for: is to ask these kinds of questions and help you answer them. Now for those people that are maybe new to Invest Talk, I have no agenda. I'm not pushing anything. I have no what, biased. I don't have, you know, I'm gonna try to be as unbiased and and non political, non critical or not critical of any sector or any idea or whatever is going on. I'm just trying to give us, us, all of us, the best information is possible to grow our portfolios that's my whole focus here okay so that's why i want you to call you your calls drive the direction okay remember the investing world's very different now very different all you have to do to, to determine that is look at how the interest rates are moving what the Federal Reserve is doing, you have to pay attention to the Federal Reserve. Are they going to be tightening? They're going to be loosening. Are they going to leave alone interest rates alone? What are they going to do? They're going to are they are they buying bonds, selling bonds? What what are they doing? Because they are big enough to push everything else around. They influence everything. Now, it doesn't influence they do something today and it doesn't automatically happen tomorrow what they want happen. For instance, they want to stop inflation or slow it way down. They've been on a year, a year of raising interest rates to slow down inflation. And that means they've been raising interest rates and that means they've been trying to slow down the economy. That means they might throw us into recession. They're very good at not being very good. (laughs) They're very good at not being very good at their job. Just go back in history. You don't have to believe me. Just go back in history and find out what they did. They don't want to throw us in recession, but they're raising interest rates, which puts a lot of pressure on our economy. Anyways, that's what we're here for. My number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I got lots of material to cover today. One of our main focus points today will be brace yourself for the worst quarterly earnings season in three years. That means that goes back to the COVID quarters that we had when we shut down the entire economy, which we should not have done, but we did. Uh, But good news, there is still good news. There's good news expected in certain sectors, certain sectors. So we're going to talk about that. What are those sectors? Well, I'm going to talk about what those sectors are. I also want to talk about, our, our investors acting rationally concerning the stock market? Our dollar dominance is fading. It faded last year and eroded 10 times faster than it did in the last two decades. What does that mean to us as a country and an environment and a stock market? What does that mean? And Apple launches a high-yield savings account. Did you see that today? They announced it today. What's going to do the? What's that going to do to banks? I think they're putting pressure on the banks. Interesting though, what they're doing. I, I kind of like it. I like it a lot. I like the competition. I like the competition coming from Apple with against the banks. I like it a lot. I think competition is what made our country so strong. Competition, and we, there's a lot of places we don't have competition, and I think that makes us weaker. I think we need to have competition. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started on the callers. Let's go ahead and talk to James in New York. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to ask about St- uh, Sterling Industrials, S-T-R-L.
2: I'm looking to maybe add to the industrial uh, sector in my portfolio. Okay. I know this is a smaller company but i was thinking about taking a position in this because it's small and i don't have a lot of small cap okay as well so do you think that there's some value here and some upside ahead
1: well let's take a look um they provide e-infrastructure i like that part i like that e-infrastructure building construction, transportation solutions, and related services. So I kind of like where they are, where, where they are in the e-infrastructure area. Uh, and the question, they're out of Texas. Uh, the symbol is STRL. It's called Sterling Infrastructure. And they've been growing their earnings very, very significantly. $3.43 is the estimate this year after $3.16 last year. And every year for a number of years, they've been growing their earnings. Next year, it's going to be $4. And they're a $36.83 stock. That means their P.E. is under 10. It's like nine-something. And the range is seven and 29. So it's not expensive. Return on equity is very good at twenty three percent. Cash flow is very strong at four dollars and ninety three cents. And you are right, it's not a big company, it's one point one billion in market cap size, which is, means it's a small cap company. Sales growth and of course if it's small cap, you need sales growth. That's the whole key. If without the growth the, the companies, you know, need it just wouldn't be interesting to anybody and there wouldn't be much buyers involved. Management owns 4%, funds own about half of the stocks outstanding. And they've been buyers over the last year from 349 funds to 374 in a year. So more funds are coming in. Sales growth is twenty mid 20%, 25% or so for the last four or five quarters, that's good. Now, the problem you have is the stock has been rewarded because of these things. It has been. Uh, This year, it's up nicely from the low to 20s, now to 36. So, you might be a little late to the party, even though it's still a good price. There's no dividend. Uh, It's still a good price for this stock. I would like to see a pullback before you buy it, and I think they pull back a little bit off of $40 a share down to $36. i would like to see a pull back into the mid-20s before I would buy it. But it's a good, solid company, James. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. We're going to a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your question on an the InvestTalk Voice Bank. Or if you're listening via live streaming or live on the radio, give us a call now, 888-99-CHART.
2: Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new Invest Talk milestone was achieved. The Invest Talk podcast exceeded. 50 million downloads.
3: How do you guys determine a value stock?
2: 50 million.
3: Just wanted to get your opinion on J.P. Morgan and BAC. Hey guys. This is Josh from South Carolina. I'm a
2: long-time listener. 24-7, rain or shine, on tough market days or during brighter moments. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions.
3: Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this
1: what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share.
3: $50
2: million. InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
1: 888 992 4278 We're going to go talk to Carl in Oceanside, California. Hi, Carl. All right. Uh, I have a question on that ETF JPIE. Okay. Do they pay 11% dividend? Do they pay out on a monthly or quarterly basis? Okay, I don't I do not. My 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 software shows me they're paying a four point eight percent annual dividend yield, four point eight yearly. Okay, and they pay. Uh, I don't see it so far September December. They're paying on a quarterly basis so far, so it's a quarterly basis from what I see on my software here. But it's a fairly new new one. It only came out in uh, December of last year. So it's very new. So we only have like two quarters to go by, but they pay a quarterly dividend those two quarters and it annualizes 4.8%. So. What is J? It's J P Morgan Income ETF. Everybody, J P I E, an ETF seeks to provide income with a secondary objective of capital appreciation. And so far, they've had no capital appreciation. They started off at like fifty dollars a share, and today they're forty-five, fifty-five. So they've been—they're down 10 percent in the first, you know, four months of their existence here. So, you know. I don't know how they make their income. I, it's not showing me. I don't have that data here. But that's what the numbers are. Tony, thanks. Uh, uh, I mean, Carl, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Let's go to Tony in San Francisco. Hi, Tony. Hi, Steve. A question about
2: uh, Southern Copper, SCCO. Okay. Looks like it's about
1: to break out. Can you tell me if uh, it's trying? Is that that's the case? Yeah, that looks like it's trying. Eighty one dollars and eighty-five cents. Uh, and their recent high was right about that number, eighty-one eighty-two dollars. Maybe I can get a better number for you here. Hold on, let me go over here. Let me go over here. Yeah. Uh previously it was like seventy-nine thirty-one and dollars eighty-one eighty-five. So it looks like it's broken out to a new high. I'm a little disappointed it broke up to that new high. But not on a lot of volume, traded volume, like people get excited. I like to see new highs with a lot of volume because people are all excited about it and trying to, everybody's trying to buy it. And here the volume is down a little bit. So that doesn't tell me... Uh, I, I, I kind of I would wait for a confirmation on new high. This is Southern Copper, everybody. SCCO engaged in the mining of copper and operating operates mining, smelting, and refining facilities in Peru and Mexico. It's going to make four dollars and thirty four cents up eighteen percent next year, up eight percent this year to three sixty nine. Remember, it's an eighty one dollar stock, so it's not cheap. It's in about the middle range of its PE range. You know, price earnings ratio, great return on equity thirty three percent. Management owns one percent, and mutual funds are buyers. About fifty or sixty funds have been added in a year. That's that's pretty good. Recent numbers, though, um, sales have been kind of falling because copper prices kind of fell. So you know, off a pretty big high price of a year ago. So, but the stock price is right at that high and trying to break out. Uh, I would wait to see some. I'd wait a few days to see if it's a true breakout or not. I really would. Appreciate the call. That's Southern Copper, everybody. S C C O. Okay, S C C O. Okay, eight uh, eight eight ninety nine. Charter's our number. 888-992-4278. Remember, the market was mixed today. Dow was down eleven. Nasdaq down four, but the S and P was up four. Not a very Moving market. Remember, we're in this. This is a big earnings week this week. A lot of bank numbers coming out for the first quarter, and this is going to be a not a very healthy earnings quarter. It's just not. And I got more to on that. More to say on that when when we get back here after this quick break. We're moving to the break. I'm ready to take your questions. We can do it live. You can call right now. This is Invest Talk 88899 chart. Remember, you can post your questions anytime with an iTunes review. Would love to do that. This is Invest Talk.
2: Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-427, we're going to talk to Taylor in Philadelphia. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hey Steve,
0: how's it going?
1: Good, thank you for the call.
0: Of course, hey, first I just want to say I recently started uh, receiving your weekly newsletter yeah. I think it is a super valuable piece of uh, literature. Uh, and I look forward to it every week. So thank well, you for
1: that. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Of course. Yeah, I called today to talk about Tyson Foods, TSN. I'm looking at it in an uh, IRA for kind mm-hmm. of a long-term stable hold. I want you to take a look at the dividend in the company and let me know what you thought, please. Okay. for, for
1: Tyson Foods is a big company, $21.6 billion. Okay. They're huge. They're in the food, meat, products area of the market, produces beef, chicken, pork, related allied products for grocery retailers and wholesalers. They're huge. And they pay a 3.2% dividend at this price. They were recently, not that long ago, March of a year ago, they were about $100 a share. Now they're at $60.87. looks like the high 50s is the lows. It doesn't look like it ever wants to go below high 50s, and I'm going all the way back to just 2018, okay? So, I think it's bottomed here. It's not exciting stock. It's not. It's not going to grow huge. It's not a tech company. It's what you describe, solid, long-term, good hold. You're going to make 3.2% a uh, uh, dividend yield, and eventually it's going to go back to close to the $100, which seems to be where it topped, around $95 to $100, and then it starts to swing back down. It's kind of boring that way, but you're picking up, if you buy it now, at the price you should be picking up when everybody else doesn't like it so much. Huge cash for almost $12 a share. That's huge, okay, for, you know, $60 stock price. I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Foods, this is where I'd buy it. And, you know, I'd just write it out wherever it happened and be happy with my dividend until someday it's going to go back up to $100 a share. So I, I kind of like it, Taylor. I, I think it's a good long-term hold for your, uh, for, your, for your portfolio. I do. Appreciate the call. TSN is the symbol. My focus point today looks into the story behind the headline. Brace yourselves for the worst quarterly earnings session in three years. But there is good news. There are sections, uh, sectors that are, are working. But I think I told you, was it on Friday? It might have been on Friday. I'm not sure. I told you that we are in a what is called an earnings recession. An earnings recession. That means we're going to have two quarters in a row where earnings have fallen. Corporate earnings have fallen. The was one last, what, fourth quarter of this last year and here in the first quarter of this year. Two quarters in a row where earnings have fallen. You know, and I think it could be three or four quarters in a row. I mean, I think it's possible. I think it might even be probable. And that's why, you know, I think you have to be be prepared because the market has not really reflected that. Earnings are going to be down about 5.3% from a year ago, okay? That's what we are looking at. That's the estimates from Morningstar. About, down about 5.3%, okay? So we've had... You know, earnings have been falling, just so you know, have been falling for five quarters in a row, falling, going down, okay? Uh, But now we have negative, you know, we have shrinkage. Before it was just the growth was falling. Now we have actual shrinkage from a year ago. So which sectors are doing well? Well, it's not hard to figure that out. I mean, you know that. You know, energy sector has done very well, and I think it still will continue to be do very well. Uh, also, travel companies, you know, uh, they've done pretty darn well, and I think people are still going to continue traveling. I do. Are we going to go into recession? That's what's on everybody's mind, right? Everybody wants to know. And I don't know. I think we will. I think we'll have negative GDP uh, later on this year. I do. I think we're going to see it for at least two quarters in a row. And I'm not saying it's going to be huge or dramatic, but the Federal Reserve has been pushing, pushing, pushing for a reduction in inflation, and that's how you do it. You slow down the economy. That's what they're going to do. So just just understand that the earnings are going to be bad, generally speaking, but there will be sectors that will do well. Uh, travel commercial, cyclical, industrial, energy. They have been doing very well, and they probably will continue to do very well. Notice I didn't say technology in there. I didn't didn't say anything about technology. Okay. 888-99-CHART. It's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it. Most investors are interested in size with respect to value as measured in dollars. So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. Can you name America's largest company in dollar value the year you were born? (laughs) The largest company in dollar value the year you were born. Hmm, that's a toughie. I will supply the answer after the break. My Talk phone lines are open 888-99-CHART.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. Can you name America's largest company in dollar value the year you were born? This is interesting. I think it's interesting. Between 1955 and 1974, General Motors reigned as America's biggest corporation. After 1974, now keep in mind, 1974 was 49 years ago. GM and Exxon traded the number one position back and forth for several years with Ford and Mobil occasionally slipping in. Exxon and mobile merged in 1999 became ExxonMobil. There were two separate companies. a lot of people young people don't know that. Um, it wasn't until 2002 that the retailing, Giant Walmart first overtook both as the nation's largest corporation. Another interesting change occurred in twenty nineteen. Although Walmart held on to the top position, mega online retailer Amazon eased into second place. What's really interesting, I thought, is nineteen fifty five General Motors was number one, nine point eight billion. Nineteen sixty, General Motors eleven billion. Nineteen seventy, General Motors twenty four billion. Do you know what size Apple computer is today? Remember, General Motors was the number one for all those times, the biggest company. Apple is $2,633 billion, or $2.6 trillion, versus General Motors at $24 billion in 1970. It's just night and day. So what is GM today? What do you think GM is today? $49 billion. $49 billion. So, huh. By the way, Walmart first made the top five in 1995. Apple in 2014 and Amazon in 2019. What is the, Amazon? A-M-Z-N. What's their market cap? Let's take a quick lookie on that one. That's $1,048,000,000,000. Mm-hmm. So, just gives you kind of an idea how big these companies are these days. This is when I, when I opened the show. I talked about competition. I like competition. We need competition. We need competition, especially in some of the big tech area. You think I'm anti-big tech? I am not anti-big tech. I just want competition for some of these mega companies. We need competition. We need healthy, active competition to keep the prices to the public reasonable to you and me. That's all. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, Um, are investors acting rationally concerning the stock market? I mean, you got consumer spending down two months in a row. You had a Federal Reserve that's not done raising rates, even though they're slowing down their increase in rates to probably a quarter point in May. And earnings so far are mixed, but they're probably going to be in earnings recession. And yet the stock market is up for the year. Hmm. Is that rational? What, what, what is, why do you think the market is up? I think people are looking forward till next year or the end of this year where they see the Federal Reserve reducing rates because they might throw us into recession and they, they, the possibility is strong. And they're looking far ahead way far ahead i think they've gotten ahead of themselves i think they're looking too far ahead personally but we won't know that till after the fact i mean we just don't know and by the way did you see brookfield uh brookfield is a big uh, big uh, owner of properties they uh they defaulted on 12 office buildings in washington dc recently now, last week I told you there's a bunch of defaults going on, and I told you it's over $2 trillion worth of more commercial building loans coming due in the next couple of years, and most of those are with small and medium-sized banks. Most of those loans, 80% of those $2 trillion, 2.1 trillion is in, are held, loans are held by small and medium-sized banks. Uh, that's kind of worrisome, don't you think? I think it is. So we're going to have to just, you know, just be very careful where we are. I mean, holding some money on the sidelines uh, for ammunition is not a bad idea. I'm not saying, you know, get out of the market. I'm not saying that. I mean, I just think the market is is fairly valued, and, and it could be overvalued if these early recession continues. I, th- I think we've got to be very, very careful here. Okay. Let's get another call question from eight 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 ninety nine chart
2: Hey, Steve, this is uh, Jay, and I wanted to find out about
1: CXAI. C for Charlie, X for X-Ray, A for Apple, I for India. What about a couple of days back? The stock has really had a good jump last uh, yesterday and
2: today. Not sure what to do. I'm
1: holding about uh, 500 shares in my retirement
2: account, and uh, wanted to get your opinion what happened there. They uh, got acquired by some other company, and uh, is it a good... Uh, Old, I was planning to buy in my taxable account as well but uh, concerned about the risk. Thank you so much appreciate it.
1: okay this is super high risk uh, CXA and CX app is the name of the company. It's a 92 million dollar size company that's time e very small develops SAAS based mobile applications for workplace. Uh, experience to an employ to an employees. And I don't know what that means. Have no idea what that means. Very small company. They do make money. They made money in two thousand twenty two. Anyways, ninety one cents a share. It's a ten dollar stock, so it's not an expensive stock. But it's super high risk, and I don't uh, sales don't. I, I don't see the sales numbers to support that, and I don't have a lot of information. It's a fairly new company. Came out in December of two thousand twenty. Um, and just recently started to have lots of activity. I mean, just a month ago or so, it was uh, $1.20. Now it's $10.20. Very, very volatile, very, very high risk, and it would not be for me. Just not stable enough. I think it's very unstable, a very unstable company. So be very, very careful with it. 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278. Love to talk to you. By the way, do you know the dollar dom- dom- denomination, the dominance of the dollar has faded pretty significantly? It's faded, uh, uh, it's been eroding for some times, but last year it eroded 10 times faster than at any other time in the last two decades, meaning the value of the doctor, dollar going against other currencies. Um however the dollar still is dominant. Don't think it's in international trade. It still is used. This is I'm talking about you know dominance as far as being a reserve currency in the world. It still is and it's still un, really unchallenged. Even though the Euro was the one was the other currency that's being uh, traded more and more and more, used as a reserve currency. Uh, the Chinese yuan really didn't move much last year against the dollar, um, so that's not the problem. So just be aware that our dominance and, and, and as a reserve currency is weakening over the last many years. Dollar got was strong last year; it was pretty strong dollar against other currencies, but but as far as being the reserve currency. Countries are trying to diversify away from dollars. I can't blame them. I would You don't want to be totally tied into just one currency as your reserve in your banks. But you know the United States is so large that they can't avoid it anyways. I thought that was interesting. Let's fit another voice bank question right now.:
2: Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is James, calling from New York. I have a question about treasury bill ladders and whether it is still a good time to do a T-bill ladder at this stage of the economic cycle with the Fed possibly slowing down rates or stopping rate hikes. Is it still a good idea to do short-term treasury bill ladders a four-week T-bill, eight-week and 13-week and every four weeks add on another 13? I'm thinking about doing that with my money that I have in my high-yield savings account because of tax purposes and saving on uh, state and local tax. But I don't know if it's better to do that or just to wait and see if stocks get into a better value. Right now, I feel like the stocks are still a little bit overvalued. Wondering what your thoughts are for a short-term treasury bill ladder for now until the end of the year. Thank you.
1: I do. I like them. I like them for the short term. I like the ladder idea. And yes, I think it's a good place to be. You're making... You know, four percent or so on a short-term treasury bills. I, I, I like it a lot, and I would recommend it. Um, you know, making a ladder, you know, is is a good way to diversify a portfolio and to diversify away from interest rate risk. And that's one of the reasons why those banks went under. They all were stuck in very long-term bonds. And they have a, long, a run on the bank, and they had to sell those bonds at a loss because they, people wanted their money back. And that just that just made their problem worse, and it compounded because more more people were, more companies and people were wanting their money out of those banks, and that compounded the problem. They had to sell more of their long term treasuries. They didn't ladder their treasuries, having short term, medium term, and long term. Now you're talking about a very short term ladder, just in a year or so. I'd probably spread it out a little bit longer than that, maybe two years, um, uh, to, to see what the market does in that period of time and then be ready to jump in the market if, that's, if that suits your risk tolerance. If it doesn't, you want to just stay in the market, I mean, stay in bonds and treasuries, that's okay too. But I would, I would strongly favor short-term over long-term at this point. When people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them. Well, how we do that? We answer their questions quickly when they were asked a question there. So this is uh, Barut Don. Barut Don. Which would you pick, Merck or IP? I'm looking for a Decent dividend stock that is cheap. Merck is a small cap at about six hundred million IP. Much bigger. Your thoughts on which, if either, you would buy at current levels? Now, I cannot tell you which ones I buy. We cannot answer that question. Buy this stock or buy that stock. See, so I can't like compare those two and say I would buy this one. If you ask, well, I like this one because it has higher dividend. Would you buy this one because the dividend's more solid? I can answer that kind of question. You know, but I can't ask, answer, buy this or buy that. I can't answer it that way. I can't, you know, the uh, uh, SEC would frown on that. So, International Paper, that's IP, Manufacturer's Renewable Fiber based th- paper products, packaging, pulp. They're a $13 billion company. Uh, they pay a 5.1% dividend, which is probably pretty, pretty solid. Okay, so I think that would be a solid company. They are very cyclical, so if the economic cycle, you know, is down, if we're going into recession, they'll have a hard time. The stock was in the mid fifties oh, back in last March a year ago, and now they're thirty six. Now the other company is Merck M E R C, okay, and that is a six hundred twenty four million dollar company, much smaller. Therefore, much riskier. $9.44 stock. They're growing their sales better. 12%, 13%, 14% last couple of show quarters. Manufacturers, Northern Bleed Softwood Craft Pulp at two facilities in Germany and one in Canada. Uh, It's a really small company, so therefore it's more volatile and more risky. I would not pick this one. I would pick this more stable company, IP. That's me. This pays a 3.2% dividend, by the way. But it's a good company. I mean, it's going to make $1.69. It's only a $9 stock, so it's really cheap. But it's also very volatile. Next up, another caller question. So hang on, everybody.
0: In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk, Invest talk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Ken in Maryland. Hi, Ken. Yeah, I got a question for
2: you about an indicator. Sure. Uh, on the uh, Think or Swim... Mm-hmm. Platform they have an indicator called the Pearson's Pivot Study.
1: Uh-huh are you familiar with that one? I am not. I know pivot points and various pivot points you know what their significance are, but a Pearson Pivot Point Study, I don't know that one
2: right. What is your favorite indicator on those charts that you like to use a lot?
1: okay, uh my favorite is uh um, Macd. And on-balance volume of stocks. Those are my favorites. Uh, of course, I like—I always look at moving averages. I mean, that's always thats just a given. But if you're asking for indicators, I like on-balance volume and MACDs to show change in direction and the strength of direction. Um, on-balance volume tells me if there's more pressure on the buy side or sell side of a stock. That's why I like OBV, and they usually abbreviate OBV, On Balance Volume. Right. So those what are. What about
2: the uh, weekly stochastic?
1: Are you familiar with that uh, Oh one? yes, I, I do like stochastics. I do like those. I read those quite often. Um, you know, the the problem is is I, you know we we look at about 15, 16 different indicators constantly. So. So it's hard to say, well, we like this one or that one. I just know my favorites that I've used for years and years and years are on balance volume and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I'm going to go with on balance volume as my favorite, period. Appreciate the call, Ken. Thank you. This is The Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I have one goal here. Of course, that has help you achieve financial freedom. And I work with Continue Right After This Break, everybody. So get your questions in now. 888
2: 99 Chart. Justin Klein and Steve Beasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
1: 888-99-CHART. You know, my trivia question I asked uh, uh, earlier at the break, at halfway mark, uh, I wanted to bring some other years in line which with some of the biggest companies. In 1980, Exxon was the biggest at $79 billion, followed by General Motors at 66, and Mobil, those oil companies. 1990, it was General Motors again, Ford, and then Exxon. 2000, General Motors again, Walmart number two, and Exxon number three. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, 2010, Walmart, $408 billion, ExxonMobil, Chevron, General Electric, Bank of America. And 2020, Walmart, Amazon, Apple, Apple was a $274 billion debt. Now it's over what? one over, Way over a trillion now. And number four was CVS Health and ExxonMobil number five in 2020. So that, that's, that's some of the other companies that were the big ones. Over those decades, for you younger generation people, let's finish one more voice bank question here from eight 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 ninety nine chart.
3: Hey, can I have your opinion on owning physical gold and silver instead of gold and silver stocks or ETFs?
2: Thank you so much. Uh,
1: I I like okay. If you like the feel and touch and of gold, and you feel like it's neat to own it and hold it in your little hand. I have no problem with that, but that's an expensive way to own gold. Why? Because you have to pay a, a pretty hefty fee to buy it, you know, over the price of gold. And when you want to sell it, you're going to have to pay a pretty hefty fee to sell it. But if you just like it to hold it for its value, its steadiness, and its nice, you know, golden eagles or cougar ends or whatever you like, I don't have a problem with owning it. I have some because I think it's neat to have some gold. But as far as an investment, no, I don't think it's a very good way to own gold. I'd rather see the ETF of GLD that follows and tracks gold prices. Now, that is also a little expensive but a lot less expensive than than owning it and buying it and sell it and the commissions you pay when you buy and sell it to physical gold. But, you know, it depends on what you're doing. Is it, Are you doing it for an investment or are you doing it because you want it to hold it forever just in case a disaster ever happens in the, in the United States economy and you think America is going to disappear? I don't think America is going to disappear. Okay? I, I've had people come to me over the decades here. Oh, we're in such dire straits. You know, America is going to be this or that. And I keep – I've been saying, all oh, America is not going to disappear. Just relax. Yeah, we got problems. Yeah, I know. We always have problems, and sometimes it get worse. Sometimes it get better. But America is not going to disappear. So the stock market is still your best choice as far as investments. Okay? Apple launches, did you see this? Apple launches a high-yield savings account, and they started off with 4.15 APY, annual percentage rate, for their savings account. That's eleven times the national average on car on, and you get three percent cash back on the Apple Pay card, Apple credit card. I think banks are getting some pressure. I love it. I like that competition. Okay, I like the competition for banks. Um, I mean, that, you can tell it's affected them. Uh, three U.S. banks, sixty billion dollars in first quarter withdrawal. As, to, as depositors look for higher yields so you know banks hate it when the money leaves their coffers that's that's their that's their bread and butter that's their lifeblood it's cash at the bank they don't like to lose their blood you know people taking money out so i I find that great that Apple is doing that launch today that new savings rate so you you know it's it's you need to write, read up on it, but you know, four point one five percent, and that's a pretty darn good yield. Savings account on a savings account, everybody on a savings account. Not talking bonds. or not talking, you know, something you have to hold on to forever. No. Mm-mm. So, and I like it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investopedia program. Everybody, Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. If it's always free. You can get yours at any time at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. And we have now surpassed 51 million downloads. We really appreciate it. And remember to follow Invest Talk on social media, Invest Talk. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night everybody.